I'm Alex, resident stage manager for Rubber City Theater. And I'm Cody, guitarist for Tales for the Deaf. Together, every other week, we're exploring the Northeast Ohio theater scene and hanging out with the artists who are on stage, off stage, and behind the curtain. So we have a guest here. I'm Brian Seckfert. I am a freelance scenic designer. That's cool. What kind of theaters do you work for? So I work for companies like Avenue Arts in Canton and Rubber City Theater in Akron. Mm -hmm. But I've also worked for some larger theaters as well, places in St. Louis and like places in Florida. That's cool. Do you have any questions? You look at me. I know nothing about theater. I'm I'm the comic relief. (laughs) (laughs) But Brian, take me through... You know, a day in the life of you. I have no theater background. I know nothing about this art form. So to give an inexperienced person a snapshot of what you do on a daily basis. Yeah. So, I mean, my days change quite a bit depending on, you know, like what roles I'm playing and what I'm working on and really from show to show. But the bulk of what I do, I sit in front of a computer, which sounds really boring, but I use drawing softwares to decide what I want the world of the play to look like. And so I sort of dig in and do a bunch of research and really trying to find where this world is. And then I just draw pretty pictures is what I tell everyone. (laughs) That's fair enough. Is there a preferred software that you like to use? Yeah, I use Vectorworks. So it's pretty similar to like what an architect would use. My brother studies architecture. And so like I've talked to him about softwares, but the version I use like a little bit easier for the average person but it helps draw straight lines which is really helpful and curves and all those fun things and so yeah i use vectorworks and it's really cool because then it allows me to like add coloration to things and get all of that on the computer and then that's how i create my pretty pictures (laughs) oh dude that's really cool what are what are some projects that you've had recently that you think are really outstanding for the most part the one that you could really if you could, if you could grab people that have never seen it and you would love to push them and put them in a seat. So the current project that I'm working on is Afterglow with Avenue Arts, and I'm super excited for that one. It's kind of different than my normal vein of theater. Most of the stuff I've done before this has been very much like, oh, like your traditional classic plays that everybody knows, or it's something that somebody might not know as well, but like it's family friendly or it has like a name that is like really familiar. This one's a little bit out there in that it's kind of like a rated R kind of deal. So it's pushing more towards a like, you know, 20s and older crowd. But the story is still really something cool. And that's something I always try and connect to when I'm picking shows to work on and things like that. I always really want the story to be important because in the end, I think all people in theater are storytellers. Mm-hmm. Can you, So what's Afterglow about? I've never even heard of it. Yeah. When yeah. does it open? Like, talk to us about it. So Afterglow is the story of three gay men, two that are married, and they invite another man into their bedroom. And it's the relationships and the complications of this polyamorous relationship hmm. happening in present day in New York. Yeah, and it's really cool. And then it opens on the 14th of February, so Valentine's Day. So kind of a unique take on a Valentine's Day play. Not your typical, but it's definitely very interesting. And it talks a lot about relationships and how the relationships we have today aren't what they used to be. The typical, you know, Mm -hmm. mom and dad and everything, that there's something sort of different about this one. But it's really beautiful. That's really sweet. So Afterglow opens on the 14th, and then you immediately go into Love Labor's Lost at Rubber City. I actually have another show in between that. Oh, 
My God. Um, so I open Afterglow on the 14th, and then the following weekend on the 21st, I'm a graduate student at Kent State. Right. And so I am opening Parade, which I am the associate designer for. So I helped a lot with that show. Mm -hmm. So that opens the weekend after that. I get a weekend off, and then we open Love Labor's Lost, which is... Yeah, it's crazy. My February into March is absolutely insane, and I'm so excited for it. How do you keep it all organized? Like, how I couldn't even imagine doing like so. I'm stage managed, and stage managing one show after another is so exhausting. How do you keep three shows organized? Like, how do you have the time to build? and design three shows at once, essentially. A lot of time management. Somebody once told me the prior planning prevents piss poor performance. And so I'm like one of those people that I'm like, oh, that's like four months away. I should probably get started on it to make yeah. sure that I'm ready for it. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it is just having a good time management. So the stuff that I'm doing at Kent State, I'm like, I can focus on that when I'm like there during the day. Right. And then my nights and weekends, I spend a lot of time focusing things towards Rubber City and towards Avenue Arts to make sure that everything happens. And it's like prioritizing what comes first to make sure that that's getting done, that's all setting. Mm -hmm. But I also know that, I mean, I've had days where I'm at school all day and I'm working on parade. And then that night I drive down to Canton to go work on something for Afterglow. And then I drive back home and I get home and I shower and I sit down in bed. Most people would be like, this is my time to read or watch Netflix. And I'm like, let me put my laptop out, just get a little bit more done because I have the energy to do it. Right. Which I'm slowly, you know, maybe ripping myself apart. But at the end of the day, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I accomplished a lot. And so last night I was tweaking some design stuff for Love Labor's Lost. I want exactly what I turn in to be exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are super prepared. Like working with you, you, you do come very prepared. And everything's done on time. So as a stage manager, I can say I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate you as my scenic designer. Well, thank you. Yeah. Above all else, man, it's just admirable. When you have yourself spread that thin, you know, coming from the musician's standpoint, I know how it is just to constantly booking, writing, and promoting your own art, making sure that things actually go in a sequence, you know, over the course of a few months. Right. You know, it's, it's draining. It yep. is absolutely draining. And there are, there are days that you do not get sleep or the, the sleep that you get is pretty piss poor <laughs> for the most part. So, you know, congratulations for juggling all of thank that. Thank you, thank you. Especially with grad school on top of it. I mean, it's commendable on top of it. I myself, I, I have two bachelors as well. So I understand just from that, from a collegiate point, how difficult that is. So I've always been curious about grad school as well. It's been something that's interested me over the years. Tell me about that, man. What, what's that all about? Yeah, well, it was crazy. So like two... Mm, a year and a half ago, I wasn't planning on going to grad school. So I was still finishing up my bachelor's degree, which I got at Florida Southern College in Florida, which is pretty cool. And then I was sitting there and my like main professor was like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, that's a really good question. At this point, I'm just trying to get to May and graduate. Right. <laughs> but I you know, started thinking about it. And one of the things I really want to do is teach mm -hmm. and um, to teach at the collegiate level you really need to have your master's degree. Yeah, absolutely. And so I really got to thinking about it. And then I went to this crazy conference. It's called URTA. It's the United yeah. Regional Theater Auditions and Interviews. It's insane. URTA is so crazy. I went when it was in Chicago yeah. a couple years ago. So basically the process of this is that I flew to Chicago from Florida mm -hmm. and I got there on a Wednesday. That Thursday, I sat through 27 different interviews. They're like 15 minutes a piece. Yeah. And then that started the real confusion, which was then picking a school based on that. And I had no requirements on location. So I had schools ranging from East Coast to West Coast that I was talking to. And I settled on Kent State. They had a really awesome program. And the people there are just 
uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the people there to support me and to help my art grow, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Erda is like speed dating for grad schools. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never meet more people though excited about theater in one space. Yes, you will not. Alec, my friend Alex and I went um went a couple years ago. We went to Chicago. I wonder if we went the same year. Uh, mine was just last year. Oh, okay, never mind. So yeah, we went a couple years ago. It was he had a couple auditions. I didn't do anything, but it was crazy. Yeah. It's a wild experience and it's like a whirlwind. Like yeah. you finish mm-hmm. 27 15 minute interviews mm-hmm. and you kind of get to the end of the day and you're like sitting in your bed in your hotel and you're like what just happened? Yeah. I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what is going on. But like being surrounded by so many people in theater, it's very, very, it's like a, I don't even know how to explain it. Like It was inspiring almost. Yeah. Especially because I went in and I was like, oh my gosh, if I even get one school to talk to me, like seriously talk to me, I'm going to be living. Like I'm so pumped. Yeah. And then like I started walking around and you can kind of see the other people and you get almost intimidated. I mean, there's right. just so many mm-hmm. talented people out there. Yeah. And it's, from all across the nation, from yeah. all these different schools and people that have, you know, it's grad school. So it's not like everyone's coming straight out of their undergrad. Right. A lot of people are like, oh, I took a couple years off and I've been doing this, this and this right. in that time. And it was really cool to see all these people wanting to go back. And so many people I talked to were like, yeah, I really want to do this so that I can teach the future generation of theater, right. you know, yeah. what design is or what makes a great costume yeah. and things like that. And it's really awesome to see how people still want to increase their education so that they can increase the education of other people. Absolutely. I mean, and it seems like no matter what art avenue you go down, that seems to be the people that truly believe in the art form. That's where you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. Them, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, there's no way around it. So mm-hmm. that's cool. You know, I'm proud of you, man. That's an awesome endeavor to go through, you know, both of you for it. I couldn't even imagine going into theater. Like that is something that I've always looked at as like something I would struggle with. Yeah. I, I yeah. couldn't even imagine where to begin with it. And you guys seem to just, you know, have it on lock. So that's cool. I mean, I started when I was really young, like my right. older brother was in theater. And so I kind of got roped into it. That's how I started. Yeah. But like I used to act and I hated anything tech related. Mm. I hated stage managing. I thought it was stupid. I was like, I don't want to stage manage. I'm me an actor. And then I got to college and my friend was doing a show and they needed a stage manager and it was paid. And I was like, well, I need money. <laughs> and then I did it. And now I was like, um, why did no one tell me right, like exactly. stage managing yeah. is amazing. Like I get to look at spreadsheets and like be in charge. Like this is great. <laughs> 10 years later, here I here am. Here you are. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool though. You know, the fact that you guys are still doing it. Yeah. You know, in your late twenties, you know, going into your thirties, the fact that it's still a part of your life. Yeah. Is uh, it's actually kind of astounding. There are so many people growing up that had similar upbringings, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be through any of the, any of the muses. <clears throat> and yeah. They just, they kind of bow out after a while. It's hard. It's, it is hard, hard, yeah. It's like a drug. It's so addicting. Like, I don't right? Know. I tell people, don't let anyone tell you that this can't be a career for you. Cause like, yeah. I had people be like, well, what's your backup? And like, what's your plan B when all this goes south? And right. I'm like, I don't have one. Right, yeah. Right. Like, I have a nine to five job, but right. I, and I love my nine to five job. I'm pretty much a glorified stage manager. Like, right. I work in an office but I answer everybody's questions and mm-hmm. I look at spreadsheets. Like right. I'm a glorified stage You're manager. You're stage managing in a different way. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm still using my mm-hmm. college degree because I'm getting paid as a stage manager for Rubber City. So right. like, even if you're not using it as like a full-time career, you can still get paid to be in the theater. Absolutely. Or at the very least, you can use it as a transferable skill that can, anything that you do during your day, yeah. you can find something that will apply towards your passion. Yeah. And you know the old saying, keep doing it and eventually something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's as soon as you stop, it's over. The game's right. over. 
Like I was in a vocational program in high school that was for theater. And our director, one of the main things she told us every time, and it's really stuck with me, is don't be afraid to fail. And like that so really important. Yeah. And it's it, so important. And like she was using it just for like improv. Mm -hmm. Right. But like it really does apply to like everyday life. Every like, single thing yeah. you do. Everything you do. Even as, a, you know, a guitarist in a band, the amount of failures that I have come to just through the early teens going into it. And if I had my buddy, Tim, the singer of the band, we've been in so many projects together. Right. And he could tell you, I mean, we've been in three, four bands together ourselves. And the whole thing is each one of them failed for a different reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now we're at the point where we're finally we're in a happy project. Things are moving. Right. Albums are coming. Bookings are happening left and right. Now we don't have to book. Now, now we're... People are calling you. Isn't exactly. that a great feeling? It is the best feeling you can have as an artist, knowing that all your hard work came out and you can sit at home, do your nine to five, right. and then you're just sitting there. And then, oh, I got two shows right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. It's an astounding feeling. So anybody that is feeling discouraged, I mean, you just got to keep doing it. Yeah. Because, and you know that old saying as well, there's always someone that's worse than you that's getting the call because they stuck to it. Mm -hmm. so. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so much about being persistent and like making sure that you're like always putting forth your best. And it's hard sometimes. Yeah. Because like it is easier to be like, nope, I can quit and I can go do something else. And, you know, but at a certain point you're like, no, this is what you want to do. And you stick with it right. and you put in the effort and you put in the time. But. Yeah. I went to Akron and they don't have a stage managing course. So I taught myself how to stage manage by reading google like straight Huge. up i just read everything on google and i actually help at miller south for my friend he's the theater teacher there and i just recently was talking to their stage manager and she's like well how do you get into it like in college i'm like honestly i just kept asking and yeah. eventually they were like oh she actually wants to stage manage so maybe we should let her right and then i was the only stage manager so it is like you just have to be persistent especially with stage managing because not a lot of people like to do it it, but people do it because they need to. So if you are showing that you actually want to and you just keep asking, people are going to be like, yeah, OK, you know what? You actually seem to enjoy this. So <laughs> why not? For some reason. <laughs> For some reason. This girl wants to stage manage, even though she's a music education major. But like, OK. And it's crazy how often that'll just happen. You'll just kind of tiptoe and fall into something. Yeah. But as long as you keep your mind open to it, anything. Yeah. Because. You know, I, when I was going through school, I always thought I wanted to work at a recording studio. And I mm -hmm. finally got into it. And nothing at all what you think it is. Really? Mm -hmm. Nothing. It's uh, actually kind of disappointing in a yeah. way. Mm. It really is. And I'm sure you've experienced it. Yeah. In college, I went for music ed because right. I wanted to teach it. And man, it was so different than I ever imagined it would be. Like, right. especially right. at Akron, because it's, it's an accredited like music ed program. Mm -hmm. So you have to like live, breathe, eat, drink music to make it. And after two years, I was like, I, I can't like, I, I don't have the time. Like mm -hmm. they wanted you to take like 23 hours of credit hours right. as <laughs> well as like practice. Yeah. And there were so many like practice rooms. And like, I also was doing theater because that was where my true passion was. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard. So I eventually I had to like really sit down and be like, okay, like music ed, I would have a job theater there's no guarantee do i want to switch my major you know like yeah no, it's scary it was, especially when you make that decision to really make theater like you're going to school for it yeah you know you're like putting in the capital the money to like yes. make sure you're getting this i went through that conversation so when i was uh had already picked my school and i was like all right i'm going to get this degree but at that point i was i was an education major because right. i had no idea what i wanted to do right um and i kept talking to my mom and she was like are you sure you want to do this? I was going to do secondary English 
education. Yeah. I don't read. I like, I hate reading. I'm not like a person that's going to open up a book. And it sounds terrible to say this, but I was like sitting there and I was like, no, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And my mom's like, well, why do you want to be an English teacher? And I was like, so I can teach theater. Right. Yeah. Like that was my entire mindset was that like, I can do this so that I can then do. My mom's like, well, that's dumb. If you just want to teach theater, just get a degree in theater. Right. Why, Why are we going through this struggle of you suffering for four years doing something you don't want to do? Right. Yeah. And so it was an eye opening. I was like, Oh, I can do that. And she's like, yeah, why would you, why would you not be able to do that? Yeah. You know? And so like, I've always been like, my parents have supported me through so much. And so like that day with my mom, she jokes about it. Even now she's like, yeah, you thought you're going to be an English major, but we all knew that wasn't going to happen. We knew where you wanted to be. <laughs> That's how my mom was. When I told her I was switching my major. She was like, well, obviously. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, why couldn't you? Why told couldn't me- you have told me this? <laughs> like two years ago when I went to school for music ed, you couldn't have been like, That's not a good choice. Like, you're going to switch. <laughs> and when I told my music ed advisor, she's like, yeah, we all knew you were going to switch your major. I'm like, why did everyone know this? <laughs> Weren't you supposed to be advising me? <laughs> right. Like you were supposed to be helping me get through music ed. Well, it's a stressful thing when you're young. Yeah, it really is. When you go straight into college after you go right from high school, all you're seeing and hearing is dollar signs from a job. You're not thinking about anything else. So I did pretty much the exact opposite of you guys. I went originally for what I wanted to, which uh, was recording arts, got my degree, got into the field and then realized, oh, my God, I hate this. Like, I want to own my own studio. I don't want to work for someone (laughs) else making 10 bucks an hour. Okay, I got to do what I want to do, but now I got to eat. Right. So that was when a business degree came in and I hate business. Ironically, I'm an insurance agent for my day job, but (laughs) I hate the aspect of business, but it's so transferable into everything that I do as a musician that in a way it was the best second degree I could have ever, you know, gotten as an artist in a, in a way, depending on what you're doing. Like if you have the backbone, if you have a facility that's going to employ you, Amazing. If you're going to be like a contractor or a subcontractor as an artist, mm-hmm. it's it's a struggle. I'm sure you as, mm-hmm. as uh, an actor have experienced that anytime you get into the subcontracting game where you have to join a union for it, that's that's a competitive monster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, so I'm not parts of any of the unions, but like mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that are and it's I mean, it's a process in theater for actors for technicians uh for either one and i I mean it's a process for all the right reasons they want to make sure the people that are doing it are you know qualified and things like that and that they're supporting them for all the you know right reasons and people that are you know going to be a smart choice but it's crazy to go through I'm, I'm, uh, I have to say, I applaud you for getting through a business degree. I have a minor in business and I hated every class. That hated, I took. Every, hated every single second of it. But it was between uh, business management or jazz guitar. And if I'm going to go back for my second degree for a bachelor's, I'm like, probably want to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it pains me because I loved studying jazz at Akron. I went, uh, I, I studied under Dean Newton at, at Akron. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, I'm familiar with at least some of the people that you were with originally. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's real cutthroat. And what really turned me off and made me switch at the end of it was I had a one-on-one lesson with him at one point. And he's like, man, why are you here? And yeah. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, he's like, oh, no, 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 you're a good player. But he's just like, why are you here? You just want to play. You don't need a degree to play. Yeah. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, because yeah. you see all these really, really fantastic players on, on the internet or just mm-hmm. around the area, and you're uh, half of them have a degree. They all went to Berkeley or they all went to right. MIT. And 
you know, you see how good these guys are, and you're like, okay, if I want to get there, I have to go to school. And then to have a professor tell you that if all you're trying to do is perform, just practice, just continually practice, mm -hmm. get your name out there, play shows. Right. That's huge. That's huge as a student to kind of hear that and to be like, wow, okay, am I spending money in the right place? Mm -hmm. right. So it's like the other side of the coin when it comes to the education. It's, it's crazy. And to each their own, of course. I would never discourage anyone from going to school for what they want to go for. Right, yeah. But it just depends what you're looking at, you know, at the end of the tunnel, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, the music program at Akron, they wouldn't let you, like... So I was a vocal major, yeah. and you can't sing theater songs. Oh. Like, they yeah, wouldn't, my undergrad was like that, too. Yeah, they wouldn't let you sing musical theater songs mm. uh, because, yeah. like, the theater, I don't know, it wasn't, like, classically trained. Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, okay. like that, I was very, like, stifled as a music major because I wanted to sing musical theater, and I was tired of singing German. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fine, though. Right. You learn a lot from it. Yeah. I mean, now I know how to sing German. So, so there you go. In case you ever need that. In case I ever need life. to sing German again, I got it. You will be experiencing technical difficulties. I had a motorized lift system at one of the theaters I worked at. So I was sitting in the house watching the show and they are in the middle of our tech run. And we'd just really gotten the foundation of the sets up and like everything was finally starting to fall into place. And we had to build over the gap between the motorized deck that would lift and lower and the standard deck. And I had somebody bump the button to move the motorized deck. And so all of a sudden my houses that were, it was for a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. And so the houses were like already leaning, but it was supposed to be leaning. They started leaning a little extra that day. And we got, we got a real, I gave somebody a real talking to. I was like, do not go anywhere near this button. It was pretty scary because, I mean, we had people on stage too. So if that button would have kept going, there's a chance that like our screws into the stage could have broken and things could have fallen. I had a similar problem with that set that I put this pretty large piece of scenery up. When we went to go take it down, I was a little bit like, hmm, we should have sunk more screws into this because it was just barely holding on from where we had attached it. And it ran for, you know, two, I think it was three weekends like that. So, you know, I've gotten better since then about making sure that I'm smarter in my, my process and making sure everything's attached. But other mishaps, um, curtains in all forms just never work well. Um, somehow they're the last thing we think about as scenic designers. We're always like, well, we can cover that with a curtain or, oh, this curtain's going to track on really quick and suddenly we're going to be at a whole new backdrop. And it all makes sense until you start using real curtains and they just don't quite work the way you thought they were going to work or you have to move scenery behind curtains. I one time was helping to move this large piece for Kiss Me Kate and a whole scene was going on downstage and I like was uh, bending over to move this platform and my my butt got caught on the curtain and just started as I was turning this platform carrying the curtain along with me so not only did the audience see everything that was going on behind that but like also my butt was like fully moving the curtain on and off stage a little bit that show was crazy to have to move these massive house units in this tiny little space it was perhaps one of the most well choreographed crew scenes that I've ever seen 
Behind the Curtain is hosted by Alex Montavon and Cody Miller. This show was produced, recorded, and edited by Hazen Tobar with theme music by Smooth Beats. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening and tune in next time to Behind the Curtain.